Thank you for tuning in to the Beyond the Check Service Industry Podcast. If you're enjoying what you're listening to and all my amazing guests have to offer, please consider supporting the show by subscribing to our Patreon. The link is at the bottom of the descriptions. All donations go to support our ability to continue to bring you fun and informative content. We can never do it without support from the listeners like you. So thank you. I appreciate you all. And without further ado. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Check Service Industry Podcast. I am Rashawn Parker. If you haven't, please go watch my television series about chef-owned restaurants on Amazon Prime or 2B TV. Fox is 2B TV. It's free TV. Uh, I have a fantastic guest today. This guy is my second musical guest ever. Um, so I'm hoping maybe he'll uh, let us play a song at the end if you stick around for that. <laughs> we'll, f- we'll see. Uh, but he uh, he's a bass player. Uh, he's uh, been a music director to all kinds of people. He's performed with 50 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. He's appeared on 13 Broadway shows. He's been inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame. And he's currently on tour with Humble Pie. He also has a debut album out called Crab Walk, uh, which is available on Color Red Music. And then he's got a book out now, too, which is called Am I Famous Yet? And it's a memoir on a working-class rock star. And that working-class rock star, ladies and gentlemen, is <laughs> Funk Boy, a.k.a. Ivan Bodley. Welcome, Ivan. I'm exhausted just listening to all this. Did I do all that <laughs> stuff? Is that true? Yeah, it's a lot longer. I condensed it, so you got a lot more. <laughs> a lot I have more no way of verifying any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I Googled you, so I think most of it's true. I, I appreciate that. You know, I, I take like to take pictures with people that I work with. So I've got, you know, on my website, I've got a those page, which is just unconscionably long series of photo ops, with, you know, and mostly just so I can remember things like it because my memory gets very fuzzy after a while, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I work with that, with that person where <laughs> I stood next to them for at least as long as it took to take a picture, you know, that much right. I know. What did people do for memory before we actually had social media just to store it all for us? I know. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, I started out in uh, the publicity games. I was a major label publicist, you know, way, way, way back in the 80s when I was first out of school. Uh, and part of the, the exercise then was we would hire a, a staff photographer to come along to these events. And we would have a backstage meet and greet. And we would, we would walk in the radio station guy, take a picture, walk in the record store guy, take a picture, and then send them all eight by tens. And it was kind of a promotional sort of thing. So at the end of that little meet and greet, I'd say, well, let me get one too. And I would pop in and get my little meet and greet photo. So <laughs> I've ha- I have photos from way, way, way back before we had cell phones, before we had these, before we had social media. So it was just a, a habit that I got into really, really young. And it, it Turns out, in retrospect, I was like, wow, that was a good idea. I'm glad I thought of it, you know, 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I, I videotaped my entire childhood, but I, yeah, my mother didn't take such good care of the tapes. So it's one of my, my most tragic thoughts is just all those tapes just molded. And like, I just wish I could go back and watch them. But I'm always so impressed with people who manage to keep all of their stuff for their lifetime. Right, we like, have to migrate the data, right? Because it goes into the next format, and now there's mm-hmm. the VHS doesn't work anymore, and then you had to go to the Betamax tape, and then you had to go to the digital dat tape, and whatever else the next one was. So yeah, yeah. you really have to kind of keep on top of it. I, you know, the the photos I started out with were the with the the eight by tens with the yellow rolled edges on them. You know, so like you have to scan those and you know <laughs> move them ahead in your digital life and the. <laughs> 
the the scans that you do 20 years ago don't have near the resolution for the scans you can do now just on your tele on your phone your telephone you, you know your, your <laughs> mean, smartphone I, shit your phone yeah yeah it's 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 an it's we've gotten to an impressive place yeah right <laughs> it's interesting it's been interesting let's put it that way for sure uh, people don't remember having to you know a, a the next generation will never have to go to like a Polaroid like kiosk or and oh, wait for amazing. the pictures or the photo or, booth or the lucky the lucky guy who did all of that who got to see a peek into <laughs> everybody's lives that they you know like they saw all your pictures right so you're you're sending dick pics back in the day that guy saw them first <laughs> i'm sure they did you know and i'm sure they probably had seen everything and tuned out immediately because most of it's really really dull i'm sure like pictures of picnics and whatnot and this is somebody's aunt ina that nobody knows or cares about you know <laughs> or you, you got that one picture with your celebrity, right? But yeah. the, it clicks, you blink your eyes, you don't know until it's developed. You're looking at it, you're like, damn it. Got a bunch of those, a <laughs> bunch of those. You know, you got to learn to like keep your eyes open every time uh -huh. the camera's going. You, just, you didn't know. You didn't know right. before, you, you know? I have one with uh, uh, Bill Medley from the Righteous Brothers, and, and the camera shook. So it's like it's like it's a blurry one. You're just like, all right, well that's that's what I got. You know, that's what it is. <laughs> it was what it was. That's exactly right. And God forbid you accidentally like opened it up in the sunshine, right? Oh yeah, I know. And yeah, you had to was, pay, send over. the film off to the lab and get it developed and all that stuff. Oh boy, so then much was work the days. So much work everyone had to do for everything, and now we're just not. We ain't got to do shit, really. I know, I know. It's a blessing and a curse because now that you got too many pictures and you never look at them, you can't find them because they're all back in your camera roll. You know, right. one that you took a year ago. Good luck finding it ever. You know. I do appreciate that the phones making me little videos out of my pictures every once in a while. Right, right. I, I appreciate Zach. So That's like, cute. Oh, it is cute. You're like, oh yeah. yeah, that's a great little moment that I and I didn't have to do any work to make that happen either. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not mad at those. Those are very cool. Anyway, uh, at the end of your bio, there's a real funny statement. Uh -huh. <laughs> it says uh, you only eat hostess. Uh, how dare you? I I, well, I take where, exception. Hold, hold exception. Where, where exception. is that? There it is. I'm, you only eat little Debbie snack cakes. That's right, not hostess. How dare you? Sorry, I, I do apologize for that. That was that was that was sacrilege. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, read, you got to read the whole paragraph there. All right, I'll, I'm going to read the whole paragraph. Uh, da, 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 da. Ivan Funkboy Boldly uses Fender Moxie Warrior Gretchen basses, Hardtake amplifiers, DR strings, PR audio wireless, and Tech Twenty One Digitech and Line Six signal processors. Ivan eats only little Debbie snack cakes. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing behind that is all of the musicians guy, you know, the, the, in the, the musician magazines and doing ads for the, these companies, they all have a line of their endorsements. You know, like I use this amp and I use that guitar and I use this string and I use this cable. And that's a game that I certainly am involved in, as you can see from the list of stuff I got there. But I was like, you know, and furthermore, I will only eat Little Debbie snack cakes because I grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Little Debbie's uh, made by the McKee Baking Company from Collegedale, Tennessee. And they're all, I think they're 100% or 99% vegan, vegetarian too, because they're, um, Collegedale, Tennessee is like a Seventh-day Adventist community. So they're all vegetarian. So like, you know, there's no lard in there, no animal products in any of it, I think. So I said, all right, let me put that on my bio. I have, but all right, Little Debbie is vegan. I, yeah, or at least vegetarian. Or at least vegetarian. Uh, 
but there, you know, so I have, uh, to be clear, I have no uh, official endorsement from the McKee Baking Company whatsoever, but I thought, you know, if we're going to be playing that game with the endorsements and putting that all in the bio, I was like, well, we just <laughs> add a little wink to the end of it. So I, I know that uh, the people reading it are going to hopefully take it all with a grain of salt. I mean, I, I immediately want to go to the store and buy some Swiss cake rolls. So <laughs> That's just what I'm talking about. Is, you know, I grew up on those damn things. They were one of my, yeah, you peel the chocolate off first, right? So just of course. It's basically falling off already, and then you work your way down the rest and of And also, better if they start out frozen, too, especially in the summertime, you know, oh, keep yeah. them in the freezer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They peel better, and they're, and they're a nice, cool treat in the summer. Uh, well, fudge rounds. Yeah. <laughs> fudge rounds. God, I haven't had a fudge round in probably over 20 years. Yeah. Well, but and... I, the other ironic thing is I gave up the carbs about four or five years ago, too. So now I haven't had, I haven't even had a little Debbie's in at least that long <laughs> myself. Oh, my God. Like, carbs completely? Like, you, uh, are, you in, are you in ketosis all the time? <laughs> yeah, no, as low as possible. Just sort of like, you know, just my own personal misery and, and uh, <laughs> self-deprecation. <laughs> self I don't know what it is, but, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I even... Haven't even had my favorite snack cake in, in many years now. But I'm going to leave it on the bio because, you know, it makes Maybe. a statement. And also, people notice it. Like you said, as soon as you read that, you're like, hey, wait a minute. And I'm like, yep, that's what I want, you know. <laughs> that's all I eat, Little Debbie. That's it. <laughs> Exclusively. Exclusively. Don't take me to dinner or we're, we got to stop by a convenience store on the way. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, I guess what you do eat other things, um, not carbs. Yeah, these days so, I do consume other things besides Little Debbie's. Uh, but, you know, I, st I stay alive, so that's a testament to something, I suppose. I mean, so far so good, sir. So far that's so right. good. That's right. That's right. Uh, so you don't eat carbs at all. What? 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 Why? 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 What happened? I, I, again, just my own personal misery. Uh, uh, <laughs> but I noticed when I came off of my immediately took off like 15, 20 pounds, like just right off the bat. So I'm like, all right, that's probably doing something to me. And I, I, I know from, uh, you know, everything that they taught us about food and the four food groups and all this stuff growing up, all the educational stuff they gave us was all wrong. It was oh, all yeah. wrong. So I'm trying to like, you know find the the healthy path without being completely uh caveman diet or keto diet or anything i'm just trying to like yeah, you like know. that was way before keto right you, you, right you, yeah so i mean i don't even think that what i don't know how long keto itself the diet has been around but yeah nor do i i'm just trying to thread the needle it's definitely and do something a new that, fad right right I'm, <clears throat> I'm trying to do something that just makes sense for me that doesn't feel too fatty or too uh too ephemeral, something that's going to give up. And you know, I've been—it's been a few years I've been doing this, so it's it's actually working for me personally. Yeah, I, I, I was hoping to find out what what a working class rock star does eat on the road and on a regular basis. Well, I tell you, the road is a problem because you know, uh, outside of New York City, where I currently live, you know, if you go out into the provinces and say, "Hi, I'm a vegetarian," they kind of go like, "So, what? I'll make what veal." You, you know, that's <laughs> veal. <laughs> it's it's okay we're only ha we're, we're only having pork butt tonight it's <laughs> right exactly like what i'm saying you know so uh there's a, a bit of foraging that has to do which is probably why i can't do the full vegan thing if i had to tr completely uh, uh 
avoid animal products on the road, I think it would be next to impossible. So I consider, you know, I'll, I'll do dairy products and I'll do eggs occasionally kind of thing just for survival techniques, sort of traveling out in the provinces. But but generally um, you try to be full vegan? Generally? I've been, I've been vegetarian for 30-something years, yeah. Yeah, I haven't had any any animal products. And and P.S. I have no proselytization to give you on this. I, I'm not trying to convert anybody. <laughs> I don't judge anybody. I can I, sit across from you while you're having a steak. You know, uh, and my my big joke about that is like, oh, I'll kill them. I just won't eat them. You know, that's my own. <laughs> it's my own personal trip that I've been on. Um, and <laughs> as I, long I as someone some else is going to eat it, I'll kill it for you. That's right. That's not got no problem. I'll go fishing for it as long as you'll you'll eat, you know, at the end right. of the night. Waste not, won't not. I but want I not, but I will not waste not. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, you know, I again, it's it's I don't I'm not trying to convert anybody or, or tell anybody what to do. It just it, these are my own personal quirks that sort of uh, uh give me some semblance of control over my life in an out of control world, out of control universe and out of control <laughs> freelance lifestyle. You know, that's the other thing. <laughs> You know, after every job, after every gig, you're unemployed. So, like, you know, I'm working four days this week. I got four or five gigs this week. And after each one, I'm unemployed until the next one, you know. Yeah. For for years. Years and years and almost, years. Almost 30 years now, yeah. I've been, I've been, I haven't had a day job since 95. That was the last time I had a day job, yeah. Yeah, 95. I think I worked in a mall Chinese restaurant. Uh-huh. 1995. <laughs> Dig it. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, my, last, my last day job, I was typing resumes. It was a temp job. I was typing resumes for the people that the phone company was laying off. This is like in the, in the early 90s in New York City. It was a good karma job, you know. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite job was I got to work for the wonderful Les Wexner at, uh, at the Limited. I folded boxes for eight hours a day and uh we weren't allowed to wear headphones or like listen to music but yeah i I, yeah i just folded boxes so i snuck my headphones in jammed out folded boxes (laughs) just had to be in the zone right yeah i mean i made it about uh three weeks maybe (laughs) right 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 it's like i'm never i know (laughs) this is miserable so you, your your thing is you you've been working. You're, you're talking about things sort of you know in the service industry, sort of be backstage and and behind the scenes, beyond you know beyond your check, beyond the check, if you will, yeah, <laughs> if you will. Should have named it Beyond the Chef, but that's for a, an iteration for another network to pick right, up. Right, so right. I saved the better name. <laughs> well, I I feel like you know what I do is absolutely a service industry kind of job because a lot of what I do is especially especially in the summertime a lot of what pays the rent is playing private functions playing weddings funerals and mm-hmm. bar mitzvahs yep, yep. so I'm constantly coming in through the kitchen entrance you know using the service entrance uh, <laughs> these funny catering halls on Long Island you know there's like these sort of cookie cutter kind of catering halls that kind of all look the same all serve the same kind of food I'll have like three or four different you know ballrooms that they'll have and they treat the musicians kind of like the lowest person on the totem pole like because they know that we're only there for the day they're probably not going to see us again you know or not till next month or next year at the earliest so they really don't even treat us with the respect that they give like their own dishwashers kind of thing it feels very hierarchical yeah 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 and 
Fair enough, because we know a lot of musicians that have gone into a place and said, what's this open bar? And they immediately start to misbehave. You know, so it's not like we, we haven't had a, enough of our compatriots, you know, earn our, our poor reputation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those who came before, right? Press yeah, them. yeah. But it, it, I, usually when I'm going into a, a catering hall, I, I'm just, it takes me three to five minutes before I get yelled at. You know, like, you can't come in there. You shouldn't be over there. You got to, I'm like, okay, just, you know, it's just part of the gig. Like, just <laughs> where can I go? Where would you like me to load in? Can I stand here? Where's the ballroom? You know, whatever kind of thing. I mean, I feel like they should have a green room set up. Just you should be even more special than having to go to the banquet area, right? Let's just green room. One of the one of the Food. companies I work nice. with demands that, like it's in the contract, we have to have a green room for the for the band, and we also have to have like a case of water beside the stage. You know, just a basic sort of human need has to be fulfilled. And you'd be amazed at how many other places just don't have that there's no consideration for it you know it's like uh, one of our musicians own. i i never talk about it but uh uh a bar that i've been at for i don't know over a decade we have house musicians right and so and they've they've worked there for years you know they split the week it's only two bands but they split the week uh like every other day and yeah i mean we literally have just an entire case of water that's in the a cooler section that's literally just the band's water so they right. just keep getting thrown waters perpetually to manage their drinking <laughs> right yeah, right right <laughs> and also hopefully if they're doing a decent job they're sweating a little bit up there too so the water is handy they're out there getting their tips you know it, right, it is right. very service industry based a musician and w when you were starting out uh i imagine you probably had like what your a neighborhood band you're in when you were I've, young. Do you guys? I've done all of those. You know, I've done. I I was at a uh, played a street festival um, out in New Jersey yesterday. You know, there was sort of like three bands in three different locations in this is downtown. But you know, there's still a tip bucket involved. Like, is it front of the band? You know, like <laughs> we get a little toll money to go on top of our our, our gas money or whatever else. Right, Jersey tolls got to be paid for. I'm telling you, man, where it's expensive getting back into the city. That's the problem. You know, the Lincoln Tunnel is like. Sixteen dollars now coming back one way. So. Jeez, yeah, yeah. Just to go through the tunnel. I love yeah. all the I love all the tolls you don't see now, right? If you if you're driving across the country and you get home and like two months later you just start getting all these letters. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, ah. yeah. <laughs> like, why did what tolls? Where? When? Well, in, in New York and New Jersey, Connecticut, they're starting to take the toll booths away now. So they just if you just wander, you just drive under this little truss, and you may or may mm -hmm. not notice it, but it's got a little, you know, there's probably a sign that says toll process. There's a sign. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you we, get home all, two months later, you get all, you get a letter in the mail. Yeah, we, we've all, especially in this area, we've all got these little uh, transducers that 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 clip onto the backside of the of the rearview mirror. So it reads right. those. It's got your tag number and, you know, like, yeah, like you, a, you can hear about it the next the day. Jersey Pass, like the yeah. Sun Pass down in Florida. Exactly. The, yeah. yeah. Up, uh, up here it's called Easy Pass because it's so pass, easy for pass, them to yeah. take your money. <laughs> <laughs> They've making it simpler every day. That's I right. I hadn't got a speeding ticket in years. And then they started putting in uh, here in Savannah the just the, the ticket cameras, cameras right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I had no idea they were there, and so right. you get the first one. It's like, oh, warning! I got two more, and I'm like, where is this damn camera at? Like, and I'm <laughs> so I'm, I'm sort of driving my route, and I'm just like just looking real slowly, and I finally realize they they do do a very nice thing where they put 
one of those digital speed trackers about, yeah. you know, a hundred yards before the actual cameras. Okay. So now when I drive around the city, if I see one of those digital speed trackers, I know that about a hundred yards after that, there's going to be a camera. So it's the sign that says your speed is, is like flashing. Uh-huh. Like yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. Hey, you need to slow down. Yeah, uh-huh. They're not kidding, and right? No, they're not kidding. Cause if you <laughs> keep going, they're going to take a picture yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. going to get a ticket in the mail. <laughs> so I don't think, I don't think they're that polite up here. I think you just get the get the ticket in the mail. I haven't hit hit the speed camera yet. I've definitely hit a red light camera too. Even like inadvertently, you know, like I remember coming home late at night one time from um, a gig, and it was like two in the morning, and it's raining out, and there's a guy tailgating me. He's right on my behind, and the the the, the light turns yellow, and I'm thinking like I could slam on the brakes, and you know, this is on Canal Street in Manhattan. And possibly get rear-ended, but not get the ticket. And then I was like, yeah, let me just try to, like, for the sake of safety, went through the light, saw the flash. I'm like, okay, here yeah. comes, you know, here it comes. And then never got the never got the summons. And I was like, oh, all right, well, I guess maybe I got away with it. And then about three months later, they said, well, you've ignored the first summons, which I never got. So now the, the ticket price is doubled. So I was like, all right, listen. I wrote a letter back. It's like, you know, I definitely remember running the red light. It was a safety issue. I'll be happy to pay the original amount, what I never got. So I sent them a check, and they're like, all right, all right, you're cool, you're cool, you're cool. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take the the 65 heard, instead of the 120 or whatever it was. I can't remember. Uh, well, uh, one of the officers that works for us told me that uh, potentially all those red light cameras, all the digital stuff, Right. If you go to traffic court, it's really yeah. easy to get them thrown out because technically it's it, there's like a loophole. Right. It's kind of like, it's kind of like debtors trying to get you to pay them that you don't That's actually right. have to pay them because you don't have the actual original paperwork That's normally. Right. And the same goes for all those cameras. It's just people are too lazy to go to court. Like I don't want to what. Well, that's the just, thing. It takes a day of your life, you know, to save sixty bucks. I'm like, you know, I'll probably just send them the check and deal with it. the sixty bucks. <laughs> I got a I got a I got a, a ticket in uh, New Jersey once. I got pulled over because I had a tail light out. Fair enough. And I said I didn't I didn't know about the tail light. I get it fixed tomorrow. And they said, okay, we're going to let you go with the tail light. But I had a uh, a uh, an air freshener hanging from the mirror, one of those little magic trees, you know, kind uh-huh. of thing. She said, I'm giving you a ticket for an obscured view out of your windshield. I'm like, oh, you gotta oh. be kidding me. <laughs> Letting you go for the taillight. We're giving you obscured view. It's like 50 bucks in, in uh, what town was it? Uh, Red Bank, New Jersey, wherever the heck it was. Oh, Asbury Park, New Jersey. That's where it was. And, and she said to me, it's like, you know, you can come to court and you can contest it. I'm like, so you see that my license says that I'm from Brooklyn. You think that I'm going to drive down here two hours to come fight a $50, you know. Obstruction of a. Oh, come on. It's like, you know what you're doing, and you know you're going to get the money off me because there's, there's no way I'm going to fight it, you know. So, <laughs> yep, send them a check. Thank you. Sneaky devils. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Th- we're doing a cool thing down here where instead of uh, giving citations for, like, headlights and taillights and stuff like that, we actually, the cops pull you over now, and they give you a voucher to go oh. get it fixed. They'll literally oh, pay for it. you to go get your little small problem fixed. That's hip. I dig that. Right? Right. So cool. Like, it, so they're like, they're like made little ads or whatever for it. And like pull people like, sorry, what, what did I do? Like, no, we just want to hear, we want you to get that <laughs> fixed. So here's a city voucher. You take that to, you know, any of our certified, you know, mechanics right. in the area and they'll fix it for you. 
No kidding. And no now kidding. The, si- the city is safer as a result. You look at that. Right. And I mean, because I mean, a lot of the times it's either people just don't know that right. it's out or they literally just don't have the money to go get it fixed or they're lazy. But <laughs> now, usually the first I've heard about it is when I've gotten pulled over or something because I, you know, I don't, I don't go around and check the, the lights, the running lights on the car often enough, clearly. Right. You know. No. I mean, I, I <clears throat> we have a Tesla now, so it tells me everything. I can't. Right, it tells you way more than you probably need well, to know. More than I, I ever need to know. Your blood pressure, your uh, <laughs> pulse rate. You know. I am slightly concerned that there's cameras on the inside that I don't know about. but <laughs> Oh, there definitely are. <laughs> right? I feel like there are. I can't 100%. find them. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like they're there. There's some probes, some other things going on there. You don't want to know. I mean, it farts a lot. <laughs> Fair enough. I had to have a mission somewhere. Anyway, <laughs> you wrote a book. I did. I did. You did. What uh, What inspired you to tell me? Tell me all about the book. The book is kind of a collection of adventures and misadventures on the road. What would happen was uh, it, sitting at, at a dinner break between sound check and a show, if something had happened that day, something odd or strange happened at the sound check or traveling to the gig or something like that, as we're sitting down to dinner as a band, it would always remind me of something else that happened that was even stranger or weirder at a previous gig. So I would start telling these stories to my compatriots, my bandmates, you know, at, at these dinner type gatherings. And uh, people started saying, you know, you should really write these down. Like you might have enough stuff for a book here. And I was thinking, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. And about, I say about four years ago, uh, my slow season is usually the wintertime. Summertime's, you know, busy, the outdoor concerts, a lot more weddings and private events, that kind of stuff. So sometimes in the winter, you can sit home January, February, and not do a whole lot. So I remember about four years ago saying, well, let me see if I can start collecting some of these stories together and writing them down. Uh, and I got the book pretty much, pretty much done. I'd say, you know, 80, 90% done. Because there's stories then, you told people like over and over again throughout yeah, the years, Yeah, right? but I, yeah. you know, I tried to pick out some of the weirder ones or the funnier ones just because that's, you know, when, when everything goes right, you have nothing to talk about. There's nothing to say, you know. So you, what kind of makes the day interesting is when things screw up and you got, uh, you know, a new anecdote to tell. And, and then, uh, then, you know, March 2020, our industry completely shut down. There was no live gigs anywhere. I know the service industry and the bars and the restaurants. Yeah, and you're in New York, so. Man, yeah. we sat home for 15 months Jesus doing nothing. Christ. We sat home for 15 months. So during that time, you know, I'm trying to make some lemonade out of the lemons I've been given. I was able to finish up the book, get it edited, get it sequenced, get it copy edited, get it formatted, get it put out on Amazon, the whole thing. So it kind of turned into a little blessing to get this thing finished and done and finally out into the world. Um, and it's been really, it's been really well received. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, you know, (laughs) people seem to be really enjoying it and I gotten good feedback from it and, and, uh, yeah, it's actually sold copies, made money on it. You know, we're shocking. Any kind of vanity project, (laughs) self funded, you know, (laughs) home recording or whatever, you know, just to, to actually turn a profit on it. It's like, what? You could make money, you know, just talking about your 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 stuff, you know. 
It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's a great me. title. It's a great title too. So it's you know. it's how I feel. I feel I'm a working class rock star. You know, I get to stand next to rock stars occasionally, do rock star kind of things and Hall of Famey kind of things, and you know, get to play here there once in a while. But most of the time, like I said, it's weddings, funerals, and bar mitzvahs. I lift my own amps. I'm driving my own self to the gig. You know, it's like I work for a living. You know, that's definitely what I do. It's kind of badass. <clears throat> it's you- just the only thing I've ever done. You know, I feel like Bruce Springsteen would be proud of you. Say that one more time. I missed you. you I feel like Bruce, I feel like Bruce Springsteen would be proud of you. I, I hope so. You know, <laughs> it's funny. I, I know a lot of people in this band do. I guess I could ask him to ask, you know, ask the boss if he's proud of me. Because, yeah, he's definitely a, a working man's rock star. He's the, right? he's the voice of the working man. Yeah. I think he's proud. I hope so. Keep me I updated. So. Let me let me know how that goes. If I find out, I'll tell you for sure. <laughs> so never thought you'd be a writer, though, huh? Or did I mean, were you? Did you write poetry or anything in like high school? I, I, I wrote poetry. really bad poetry in high school. So yeah, all right. I mean, I think we all did at some point, right? <laughs> no, my writing early on was, uh, like I said, I had started out as a, as a publicist for for Epic Records, so I was writing our artists' biographies and press releases and stuff like that, liner notes for some of the records. Um, so I'd always kind of done it. Then I'd done a couple of, you know, magazine reviews and features here and there kind of along the way. Uh, so I knew I kind of had that gene in me. Uh, not that it was something that I spent a lot of time fully developing. Uh, so that's why when people were saying like, you should write a book, I was thinking like, yeah, maybe I could, you know, I thought I definitely had the, the skill set to do it. And, and really, a book is just a collection of chapters. So, like, if you think of an artist, I was a couple of pages, you know, put together a couple of artist bios, you've got enough pages to do a chapter. And put together enough chapters, you've got enough, you know, to make a book out of it. So, it, it felt very logical to me, like a just one foot in front of the other kind of thing. Um, and it probably probably took me four months to do it, you know, but well but worth it. I th- I'm really happy with the way it came out, you know. That's awesome, man. <laughs> Serendipity worked out. <laughs> yeah, in, in a way it did, and and I have a, a, another buddy of mine who's who, uh, my friend Dr. Jeff. He's a radiologist, uh, lives down in Texas now, but he's also uh, an amateur mystery book writer. So he's constantly giving me pages of his stuff. So I was giving him pages of my stuff, and he's like, you know, this, this is all really good. But uh, he said it's all about your misadventures. He said I'm curious to know like what happens when things actually work out. I was like, oh, that's that's so interesting. <laughs> so <laughs> I that? think the second. Ch- yeah. The second chapter of the book, I tried to sort of outline. I was like, I think the chapter is called When It All Goes Right. And it sort of describes, you know, um, a, a concert we did at the Tokyo Jazz Festival with Sam Moore from Sam and Dave in 2009, I think it was. It was live on Japanese television. It was, we had 5,000 people in front of us, and the band was like a you 15 know, piece band, 17 piece band. Band was on fire. Sam was on fire. It's all being recorded. It's all going on live. It's just like this amazing night that we just kind of like levitated off the stage at the end of and i was so i tried to describe that to try to give people a sense of like why would you pursue this business or lifestyle for 40 years if it's nothing but misery and <laughs> and mishaps you know because there's plenty of that that's mostly what the book is about all the crazy crap that happens but it's the silver linings that keep you going it is, it is, you know, and you have to sort of keep that in mind, you know, it's like it's the the one hour a night on stage kind of makes the other 23 hours worth it. 
Uh, and sort of one of our standard musician jokes is like, we, you know, we're do the gig for free. What you're paying us for is the travel and the setup. That's what you're mm. paying us for. That's the labor, you know. Right. Gigs you, on otherwise us. Otherwise, you're doing, you're doing what you love. Right. You know, the gig's great. That's, that's the most fun we're going to have all day, you know. But driving here, <laughs> humping the amps, setting up the PA, you know. All the bullshit that goes along with it. That's labor. That's like physical labor, you know. So, yeah, I'll take money for that. Mm -hmm. No problem. Oh, I mean, just setting up a drum kit, man. Like, God, I, I always feel <laughs> so bad for the drummers. There's just so much. I don't uh, feel bad for them because they chose that. Nobody told them to play those drums. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> but I, mean, I tell you, at, at this point in my life, though, airplanes hold no fascination for me whatsoever. Like, I remember when I was a kid, first going on an airplane, like, this is amazing. And then you get to travel and you get to see the world. You go to Europe and you go to Asia and all these places. And now that I've been around the world seven, eight times, ten times, whatever it is, like, get the thought of getting on another plane is like, oh, man, all right, mm -hmm. where's the gig? All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. Even worse now, just getting through the airports. It's, yeah, you know, seriously. It's just, it's just air travel in general just sucks now. The food's it, it bad. It does. Yeah. Yeah, back in the day, I remember. I remember going to the airport. We'd take my grandpa. He he was an engineer. He'd go to Switzerland a lot. Right. But that was that was one of our favorite things to do was take him to the airport. We got to go and you know into the actual down to the gates to like see That's him right. off. We That's went me. to the gates to pick them up. Right. And that we, means you're of stand, a certain age before they had all the metal detectors in. Yeah, you stand, look out the window, watch the plane fly off. Maybe you're, maybe he's waving out the window Wait. to you. You know. Yeah, I and, remember that. That was great. There was a candy shop. We stopped at the candy shop. We get our red <laughs> coins, you know, like gummy coins, and you know, sure. hang out of the airport. It was, it was, it was like a little adventure. And now you just pull right. up to the, you pull up to the airport and say, "Get the fuck out." Yeah, <laughs> it's like there's no one goes, That's, no one's going in the airport unless they're leaving in a plane. Right. Well, you're already one level ahead of me because you're talking about giving somebody a ride to the airport. And that's not, I haven't been given a ride tour from the airport in, I can't tell you how many decades. It's like, you know, see ya. Good luck with the public transportation, getting your bags on the, taking your base on the subway to get to the LaGuardia airport, you know. Hey, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't have any subways here. Otherwise. Yeah. I'll send people in Ubers. Hey, can you pick me up at the airport? If not, I'll just get an Uber. Ow. Get well, if you Uber. try to dig a, a subway in Savannah, it would fill up a swamp like right away. You can't. There's oh, nothing yeah. down here. <clears throat> yeah. Nothing down there. There's no basements. There's, there's, no. There's some alligators. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, I went to school in New Orleans, so you know, even they even bury the people above ground because you can't you can't bury anything. It won't. It'll float up. You know. Mm -hmm. I mean, swamp. swamp. I'm gonna. I just put me in a tree. I'll be okay. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Or they have that new, uh, they have the new compost your body thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's you, pretty hip. They just put you in a, this little machine and it turns you into dirt in a couple hours. Yeah, cool. I think the <laughs> cremation thing works just fine for me. I'd be cool. Put the ashes somewhere. I don't need any, you know, earthly remains, <laughs> or monuments to my having been here. I think I'm good. No, you, you don't want the new digital like uh, hologram of yourself in front of like what, what uh, in front of your tree thing. Have you seen this? What the, I, I, they you think know, the future that's, of that's so interesting because you know a digital hologram that's something very much of this moment in time. So like it didn't exist 
you know, practically 20 years ago, you couldn't have really done that. And in another 20 years, the technology will have morphed into something else where digital hologram, like, won't, it won't exist anymore. Like, all the, all the photos on my hard drive, you know, when I'm gone and the hard drive's gone, it's all erased. It's all gone. So, you know, the, Unless I don't think... Unless you that, uploaded it somewhere. Right, right. To, well, uh, if I put it in my digital hologram, which is in front of my... <laughs> Facebook will keep it forever. Yeah, they might. They might, indeed. <laughs> But then it'll be an AI you talking to your uh, great-great-great-grandchildren if they ever go visit you. Right. And have conversations I, with you. I don't know how creepy this gets, but yeah, it gets Yeah, I'm creepier. not sure that's a great idea, but it's interesting from a, a genealogical standpoint, maybe. Because you're not really getting the information. You're getting what you th- what the computer thinks you might have said. You know, yep, you know. yep, yep, yep. Very, uh, very <laughs> Westworld. Yeah, exactly. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Uh, it's nothing. It's all going to be fine. The AI is going to take care of all of us. <laughs> it's all fine. <laughs> Have you seen the the videos of of uh, Boston Dynamics? All the robot robots they're making, and you know they're just like uh, testing the robots by like hitting them with sticks and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you're going to piss that guy off, man. <laughs> you're gonna, it's going to remember. <laughs> That's the guy that hit me with a stick. I'm gonna get him later. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, stop fucking with that robot, man! It don't is going, don't do it. Playing with fire. There's, there's, there's supposed to be, and like back in the day when people first were AIing, uh, there's one rule that is supposed to be embedded into the AI, and that is do no harm to humans. Right. Uh-huh. The very We've number one rule that they are <laughs> supposed to know is do no harm That's to humans, right. and as long as we don't teach them how to do harm to humans, they would uh-huh. never learn. But our dumbasses. Decided yeah. to use them to <laughs> in war, right? Facial recognition right. and and shoot, right? That's right. And so when they turn on us, we have no one to blame but ourselves. <laughs> well, this this already goes back to what Gene Roddenberry was talking about—the Prime Directive. You know, that was that was uh, that's an idea that's been in popular culture for at least fifty, sixty years that mm-hmm. we know about. Star Trek. Yeah. You have to follow the prime. If you don't fuck up the prime directive, there's a reason it's the prime directive. Right. And every time you see one of those videos where they're hitting the the robot with a stick, I'm like, don't, you're not, (laughs) you're not acting right. It's going to remember. No. You're you're telling it not to do any harm to this human, yet you're teaching it to do harm to that human. And eventually it doesn't care about the difference. No, no. (laughs) Because we're all the same anyway. One world, one (laughs) planet, one love, one family. Well, that's true. Yeah, so you can kill one, you can kill another one. It doesn't matter. Oh, well, that's cynical. <laughs> <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> Fucking A. Uh, <laughs> um, so, I'm so glad that the, the book's doing well. I actually might, re- I might need to read your book because uh, that sounds awesome, and I want to hear all those stories, and I know we don't have time to tell them all. That's why you wrote the book. So, people, you should definitely go buy Ivan's book. Where very we kind of you, very, very kind of you to say it's not available on Amazon. You, uh, the links on my website funkboy.net. Uh, every links to everything is on that, so you know I can I can definitely be found. It's a good summer read. It's a good airplane read. It's a good travel read. You know I've had people tell me that's like this is their poolside read on on the, on the vacation. And I was like I support that hundred percent. I'm glad you had fun on your vacation reading my. That's book. right. That's right. Uh, you got an album out. <laughs> I have, uh, these days, you know, albums, do we do albums anymore? You know, like, uh, 
I started recording as a youngster in the vinyl era, and I think I only ever made it to vinyl one time before then it switched to like CDs, and then I'm on like 50 or 60 different CDs, and now it's like everything's digital, virtual, download. So yeah, I, I am signed to uh, Color Red Records out of uh, Colorado, um, and they're uh, putting out my singles as, as digital downloads available, streaming downloads. Um, the latest one's called Crab Walk, which you mentioned a little earlier. And then I've got, um, I just heard from them today, they're, they're having a, a scheduling a scheduling meeting tomorrow. So I've got like four tracks in the can that are going to be released over the next uh, few months from, from Color Red. They've got a great roster of people. Like they send out new music a couple times a week of, you know, bands that you've never heard of, bands that you need to hear of, bands that you want to hear of. Color, color dash Rock and roll, com, actual rock and roll. Rock and roll, a lot of their stuff is like really kind of jammy, funky. Uh, the guy that runs their labels, Eddie Roberts, who's got a band from England called the New Master Sounds. And they're kind of like a, a, a British instrumental funk band. They're like, like a modern day meters or Booker T and the MGs are really interesting kind of stuff. So he's got a whole label full of, of people sort of like-minded, just doing kind of funky, weird, crazy, jammy, interesting you know, a lot of it's instrumental, some of it's vocal, um, just just cool stuff. So I'm I'm real proud to, to sort of be in there in their number, as it were. Super cool. Um, so since you're on the label, I'm, I'm going to ask, but you you can turn me down. Uh, do you have anything that you would like to play at the end of the the show that you're legally allowed to play at the end of the show? Uh, I own all of it. You can play any of my music that you care to. It's all yours. Touché. I give you permission for all of it. You want to send me a link uh, when we're done here? And uh, that song, do you, if you want to pick the song, you, do you know what you're going to pick? More than happy to. Uh, well, you know what? I mean, we're talking about the latest music, uh, Crab Walk. I'll send you that one. You'll all be, right. You can, you can have it. Cool. We're going to listen to Crab Walk here in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is also this was a a, a pandemic uh, uh, a pandemic blessing in a way. Crab Walk. It was recorded completely uh, in isolation using file sharing. So I was put down like a, a a MIDI template and a bass line and maybe a drum machine or a click track, and then send it out to the guitar player. And he would send me back his tracks. Send it out to the percussion player. Send me his tracks. Saxophone player. So I assembled this stuff and mixed the stuff. And these are all people that I've been working with on and off for years and years. So we know each other's style and timing. And it sounds like we're in the same room together, but you know we Pretty never good. made eye contact anywhere in the recording process. And to me, that was fascinating because, like, and that it, that's actually one of the reasons why I got signed to Color Red, because during the pandemic, I put together a couple of albums worth of material that's still yet to be released. All again, making lemonade. Yeah, baby, making the best of that time. <laughs> we were all locked down. All of my musician friends were all in the same boat, you know. And these are people that wouldn't have had the time or the energy to play on my, you know, dinky, independent stuff in ordinary times. Nor could I necessarily afford them because they're all top level professionals. But when we we're all sitting home, I said, "Hey, man, you want to play on this stuff?" They all said, "Yeah." I'm bored out of my mind. Let's do something, right? That's and that's we badass. all became like amateur slash professional home recording engineers and mixing engineers too, just because we were sitting at our computers for 15 months. Like, what does this button do? What does that button do? You know, so 
<laughs> I mean, it's great that we literally have transcended space <laughs> and time now to be able yeah. to, you know, to just work creatively or with anyone we want to around the world. And literally, I've got uh, some tracks coming out uh, with musicians from Africa and America sort of all playing together. I've got some tracks I did with musicians from India all playing together with all my, and again, we're never in the same room together. But with with all this file sharing digital technology we have, you know, and and again, because the guys that I work with, we have so much experience playing together. We know what it's supposed to sound like in the room when we're making eye contact with each other. And, you know, we, we have that sound in our minds. So once you have that level of experience, then sort of like extrapolating and, and doing it virtually, you know, one at a time feels much more more natural. It doesn't feel at all like As we're disconnected. It, yeah at all so it's, it's actually it's connected it's actually all it's actual guys. music yeah, yeah we're playing music in time as if you know we're playing together it's great Ivan, that's awesome that is that i, I that's super cool and we can go uh, there's uh, your website we can go uh listen to music as well which is funkboy.com dot net f-u-n-k-b-o-y Dot net. Dot not net. funky boy. Some people say funky boy. It's not that. It's funk boy. Funkboy.net. That's it. <laughs> Spelling counts in this day and age, I found. Check it all out. And then also, I saw on there, you have a, you're doing a podcast of the book as well? I did. Yeah, I serialized all the chapters into spoken word, YouTube clips, also available as a podcast. You know, whatever format works for you. There's a there's a version of it, a digital, an audio, a video, whatever, you know, a, a, a hard copy. It comes in hardback, paperback, Kindle edition, YouTube, podcast, you know, it's like however you like to consume media. It's out there. It, it's set up for you. This, you have covered every base possible. And I did, appreciate did that. I mention, we, did I mention we were home for 15 months? Oh, man. <laughs> 15 months? That's <laughs> As I, I was home for three months, so I, I yeah, that's a long time. Like a lot, yeah, you, you spend a lot of time just walking the park. You go to like go to go to Central Park a lot. I go well. Around. I'm in I'm in Forest Hills, Queens. So I'm between Forest Park and Flushing Meadows Park. So I go for a five mile run every every morning in one of those two parks. And uh, yeah, and then I would sit down and try to figure out, well, what, how can we do the, the book in a new format? <laughs> YouTube, or now we can figure out how we can do it as a podcast. So. I've just turned the book into a full TikTok. <laughs> exactly. I, well, you know what? I haven't done that yet. Maybe that's the thing left to do. So. Maybe. In, in two-minute increments. No, right? I, think, I think TikTok just jumped uh, to, to, I think they allowed maybe 10 minutes or even an hour. There's Ooh. something, something. I, I, I could be wrong about the hour, but I know that they... I think they increased it. I know. That I know ch- that changes everything. I know that, uh, that that Instagram finally upped their real limit to um, like three minutes, maybe ten minutes. Know, you could, yeah, because I was uploading longer clips than that, but you had to do it only from I think your desktop yep. or something. I, I was able to do it, so they were on. Yeah. They're on Instagram as well. I got it. And they're, everything they're except posts. TikTok. Yeah. Right. Cool. But uh, all the links for Ivan are down in the description here. Uh, go check out that website. Go get that book. Do all of those things. Listen to it. Read it. <laughs> however you feel like consuming it. This man's got you covered. Um, thank you so much for being here, dude. 
Man, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was a good conversation. Oh, good times. We'll have to hang out again sometime. You got it. <laughs> and in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy Crab Walk by Funk Boy. Cheers, Ivan. All right. Thanks, man. Rock and roll. Thank <laughs> you.